Hey, this is Shannon Wooten, pastor of New Spring Church, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you, and I hope it gives Hey, we're starting a brand new series, and I'm so excited about this, and I want to kick this off today. And Devin's going to do a follow-up next week with Win One to Win a Thousand. So let's, let's unpack this a little bit. What does God's Word say about this? And you really need to hear the heart of God. This, guys, is the heart of Jesus. It's the heart of God today. And I want you to take some notes today and, and just uh, while you're turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, we'll start there. I don't want to go too deep with this, but I want you to see some things there and then we'll move to Mark chapter 1 so you can go ahead and turn there as well. Hey, we are kicking off groups. I'm so excited about that. So if you want to, uh, I would love for every one of I've been praying for 75% of New Spring Congregation will participate in groups. So get into a group. If you want to lead a group, we still have room and space. I really would love to see some activity groups, kayaking, biking, walking, running, whatever, lead a group. All you got to do is do a quick devotion, pray with one another, build a relationship, and then do some fun activities during the summer. So those are wide open, and anyone can lead those. Lead those. You just reach out to the office, New Spring, office at newspringlive.com. We'll get you connected. And as you lead today, go to the group's table. It's on our left as you walk out the door there. Uh, so please stop by the group's table. We'll be promoting those. Uh, New Spring, uh, listen, Father's Day is going to be amazing. We have a guest coming, Jimmy Bratcher. He's a blues, he's a blues singer, blues guitarist. He is amazing. Um, he w- came to us a couple of years ago. We had him scheduled, but COVID would not allow us to have church last Father's Day. So he's coming back this Father's Day. So men and everyone, it's going to be a powerful day. Jimmy has gave us a little bit of an introduction video. We'll be posting that uh, just take heart to what he's telling you. So as we talking about really evangelism outreach, this is Jimmy's heart. He loves getting out into the community and connecting with people. So uh, he's giving us a challenge to invite someone to come on Father's Day. He's going to have a great, a great story, a great message for us on that Father's Day. Plus, he's got a little, little blues action going on that he's going to give us, and uh, it's going to be fun. All right. So here's what I want us to see today, Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. In verse 12, he says, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I want you to see scriptures like this, and there are several others throughout the Old Testament that let us know that church, the way church is structured, is not a man-made thing. There are some man-made elements about church, but the overall structure and design of what God wants the church to be is not man-made. It is God. Because look at this. It is Christ who calls and equips people with these five-fold ministry gifts. I don't believe that it's only, there's only one evangelist in the church, one pastor, one prophet, one teacher, pastor. I believe that God uses all of us in one of these gifts. And so my gift may be apostle or pastor or teacher. That may be my stronger gift. But God also wants to use me from time to time in the gift of the evangelist. And God has to prompt me to do that. Your personality type, the way God has gifted you, you may feel like, well, I'm not an evangelist. I can't go out on the street. I have a hard time talking to people. But I'm hoping that you will hear throughout the next the next several weeks of how, and maybe our hearts and minds will be open, how God can use us in this gift of the evangelist. So this sermon came out of three months ago. God laid on my heart 
said, Shannon, I want to, I want to elevate, elevate and lift the gift of evangelists within New Spring. And God says, I want to do that. And I believe in this season that we're coming into uh, right now, June, July, August, and September, there's going to be some things that God is moving this church to do to lift this gift to a, a greater level within the church because this is the heartbeat of God. And we'll unpack this in the next several weeks. So I want you to turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20 because this is where we'll start. We're going to focus on the gift of the evangelist this morning. What does that look like? Uh, there's not only one way that God can use the gift of the evangelist. And this is the beautiful thing because there's hope for me and you who may feel like, well, we don't have that gift. Well, because you may have seen, you may see that gift or have seen that gift operate in one way. But how many know that the Holy Spirit is so creative that he can use that gift in multiple ways? Amen. Well, Mark chapter 1, you're going to see how Christ comes on the scene and what's he going to do? He's going to equip the church. The first thing he does is he's looking for a team of people. And here's what Jesus does. Verse 16, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, this was one of the first things that Jesus did. He's looking for a team of people. He saw Simon, which was Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. So they were casting a net, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once, one translation says immediately, there was no hesitation, immediately, at once, they left their nets and followed him. And when they had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing the nets. Again, one translation said they were mending the nets. They were repairing it. And without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat, and they hired men and followed him. First thing I want you to write down this morning is when people, when people. Can you say that with me? When people. This is the heartbeat of God that he wants us, Christ followers, focused. He wants New Spring Church focused on winning people. Now think about this for a moment, that Jesus and his father has a strategy. He's going to send Christ to the earth. And what is he going to do? What's his mission? His mission is, is he, he, had, he has all of humanity in creation. He made all these people, but he wants to leave them with hope that they can, after they die from here, this earth, they will leave and go into eternity with the hope that they can live everlasting. Well, there's only one way to do that, and that is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So what's his strategy? How is he going to do it? He's going to go and find just average men who are professional fishermen. Isn't that strange? I mean, he could have built universities. He could have built schools. He could have built hospitals. He could have, he could have built a broadcast mass communication broadcast company. He could have formed all of these different things. But what does Jesus do? His strategy was to find fishermen. And here we see four out of the 12 disciples, four of them were fishermen. And what does he say to them? His first commandment was follow me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. I wonder sometimes if we're not, if we're not making fishers of people, not winning people for Jesus, are we truly following Jesus? Something to think about. If I'm not passionate about what Jesus is passionate about, maybe I'm not really following him. And I believe that when we are following Jesus with all of our heart, that we will have his heart. We will make 
we will be fishers of people. We will win people to Christ because that is the heartbeat and the strategy of Jesus and the Father. Number two, weave the net. I want to focus on really James and John here for a moment, and we'll come back to the other two. But James and John were mending their net. They were weaving it. And that you and I need to weave the net. You and I need to focus on this net because it is a tool, a resource that God has given us so that we can win people. Now think about this for a moment. A net, and I think this is just interesting to think about, that a net is a bunch of holes. There's a bunch of holes in a net. But the problem, the, the, the good thing about the net is, is that it's tied together. But what is a hole? A hole is a nothing. And can I just say that we are nothing without Jesus Christ. But all of these things, we may feel like we are nothings, and what can we do? What can we do to win people for Christ when I feel like a nothing? God wants to weave us together or tie us together that we are a bunch of nothings that have been impacted by Jesus and when we become tied together, we become very powerful in the hands of Jesus Christ. You are the net. I am the net. And God wants to tie us together. How powerful could we be as a church, as the body of Christ, when we are tied together with the mission of winning people for Jesus Christ? Listen, you have a skill. These men had a skill. They knew how to fish. And Jesus knew they were professional fishermen. They understood how to win people or win fish. But now he's going to show them how to take that skill set and how to direct it towards people's hearts and how to win them. The enemy wants you to feel like that you don't have anything to offer, that you don't have the personality, that you're too young, or maybe too old, or maybe you feel like you don't have the skill set of what it takes to talk to people or how can you engage with them. But that is a trick from the enemy to keep us stuck to where we're not winning people for Christ. You have a skill. What is your skill? It's your testimony. It's your story. It's your experience that you have had with Jesus Christ. And hopefully you are having ongoing experiences with Jesus. And that, my friend, is your net. Or let's look at it a different way because there's other ways to fish, right? I remember when I was, my dad worked at uh, Cumberland, uh, not Cumberland, but he, well, he was at Cumberland, Tennessee first. Then he had a job transfer to a hydro plant, which was TVA Kentucky Dam. And at the dam, we would go in the evenings and we would catch a blue cat, huge blue cat. But here's how we did it. We didn't use bait. When the turbines were on, the, the, the water was churning so much that these fish were stirred up. So what we did is we took these huge hooks with stout lines and we would throw them in the water and we would just what we call snagging. And we would try to snag these fish. And one day, I'm telling you, we caught blue cat, about 10 or 12, 15 blue cat. And no joke, they were about this high. Huge blue cat. Well, snagging is one way. Another way, if you're going to catch bass, is to use spinnerbait. Now, I'm boring all of you ladies who don't like to fish, and maybe some of you men too. But there's other ways that you can catch fish. I loved, I loved as a young kid, we would go down to the lake or go down the river, and we would use at midnight because the catfish were coming in, channel cat would be coming into the bank to feed, and we would use chicken liver. Chicken liver is about the only thing, that's about the only thing it's good for is, is bait for fish. Can I hear a big amen on that? We would use chicken liver to catch these fish. Now, Jesus knew that these men were professional fishermen and they knew that there was a strategy. Listen to me very carefully. A strategy and their mindset was already thinking about strategizing of how do we catch fish. But Jesus says, now I'm going to let you use your creativity that I've given you and I'm going to give you some creativity. How can you win people for me? 
You say, well, Pastor Shannon, that is so boring. I don't like fish. They're smelly, they're stinky, they have scales, and I don't even like to eat fish, all right? Well, here's the thing. You may not know anything about fishing, but some of you are great at marketing. You're great at sales. You're tremendous at a business and how to get exposure and how to, how to grab people's attention. You're great at some of these things of how to get people's attention, and Jesus is telling you the exact same thing. I want you to use the experience that you have had with me, how I've changed your life, how I've transformed you, how, what have I done in your life, how I've healed your marriage, how I've healed you as a person, how I've set you free, and I want you to use that skill set and connect to people's hearts that need the same type of experience that I gave you. Can I hear a big amen this morning? The enemy sometimes, he'll tell like, Pastor Kevin, you've heard a story where God has delivered him from a drug addiction. And I'm sure that there are times where the enemy tells him, Pastor Kevin, don't share that again. Don't share that. People have already heard that story. But how many of you know that that is a lie from the enemy? There are people who need to hear Pastor Kevin's story that he had an encounter with Jesus and Jesus has healed his his broken heart and healed him of drug addiction. And maybe your story said, well, I don't have a cool story like that. I don't, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't addicted to drugs. I got saved when I was 12 years old and did nothing wrong. Liar. <laughs> but your story is that maybe you were not on drugs. Maybe you didn't, uh, maybe you didn't, uh, was addicted to alcohol. Maybe you didn't beat people. Maybe you weren't a murderer. Maybe you weren't. But can I tell you the same grace that Jesus Christ gave Kevin to rescue him out of drug addiction is the same grace of Jesus Christ that can keep us from Come on, from those things. It's still the power of Jesus. And we need those stories. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to help you use your story to connect to people's heart that will connect them to me. Someone shout, weave the net. So what is your skill? You have skill. But maybe you need to do like, here's James and John. They have to clean their net. Maybe they have to mend their net. Maybe they have to keep the holes but I'm wondering if your net, your story has been on a back shelf rotting in the shed somewhere because you've not told someone about how Christ has impacted your life. The tools that God has given you, how many of you are keeping it dormant? How many of you are letting it just sit on the back porch when God is saying, I want you to get that net back out, weave that net, practice your skill, get into the mirror and say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to somebody today about Jesus. I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite someone. I'm gonna show someone the love of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna give a, a, an act of kindness to someone. Those are ways that God can use you to connect them to Jesus, to win them to Jesus. Now, I'm, again, my gift may be more of the apostle, maybe more of the teacher, maybe more of the pastor, but there have been times where I've been open because I said, God, I have a gift, and you, your heart is to win people for Christ. But who today needs to hear, will you prompt my heart, God? Because it may not be in my focus. Will you prompt my heart? We were at a board meeting several years ago. We were a church. We sold our church building, bought uh, 15 acres of land, which we still own on State Route 63. We were building, and so we had to take our board meetings mobile. We were meeting at Bob Evans uh, in Lebanon, and one of the, the servers came up to the table there, and we were going over financials, going over board stuff that we do for, I always call them boring meetings, not board meetings. I'm just joking. But we were going through this board meeting, and all of a sudden, God prompted my heart for the server that came up and says, hey, and she came back three times, and I'm like, no, 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 I don't need to do this. I don't need, I don't want to embarrass her. 
How many of you have that argument in your head, right? God's prompting you to say something to someone, make that engagement, but you're kind of pushing it off. And finally, I couldn't do it any longer. It was like something rising up within me. And I said, ma'am, I don't know what, this may be totally off to you. And you may think I'm a crazy guy, but God just put me on your heart for, for a reason here. And I don't know if there's something you need to be, that we can pray with you about. Or, and she starts bawling. And I'm like, oh, great, I stepped in it. She's bawling her eyes out, and she goes to the back room, to the kitchen, and I'm feeling so bad, and she comes back, and, and she said, I'm sorry. I said, no, I'm sorry. I did not mean to embarrass you at all. She says, you do not understand. She says, I'm going through a divorce. I'm losing my kids, and this week I have been so under pressure, and it's about all I can do just to keep my sanity. And she says, well, ma'am, listen, God laid this on my heart for exact reason, and I can tell you that God is so faithful. He knows your name. He knows what you're going through. And listen, God has been so faithful to send a stranger to you to let you know that he's got your back this week. And we prayed for it right in Bob Evans. Now, you know, it may not be that extreme for you, okay? But it could be something where God prompts your heart. It's your story. It's your connection. You are a person who wins people to Jesus. You, God says, I, the first thing I want you to do is follow me, and I'm going to make you a fisher of people. Amen. Can you shout amen? amen? Practice your skill. Different kinds of bait. There are different applications. So don't tell. I may share my story and use certain language with you as a church person. So when I was, I was, as a young kid, I was so mad at the world. I had bitterness in my heart. My parents were going through a divorce. I felt like they were abandoning us. I felt like something was going wrong with me. Maybe it was my fault. I felt guilt. I felt shame. And I let all of this built up and bitterness built up within me. And God, at a, at a, at a church service that uh, was in the hills of Cumberland, Tennessee. Now you're going to really think that, wow, this guy's really out there. It was a church service. It was an evangelist who was setting up a meeting in Cumberland, Tennessee, and it was called a Brush Harbor. I said, what in the world is that? I don't know why we have good buildings, but they said, we don't need a building. What we're going to do is we're going to put poles up, and we're going to make this, this canopy of brush, and they put sawdust down where people could pray and whatever. So here we are, primitive, and I'm like, why can't we just use a church building? But this is what they did, and God got a hold of me at 13 years old, and I'm telling you, I felt the presence of God so strong on me. And I couldn't tell you what the preacher preached. All he was preaching on was Jesus. And I responded because he was drawing me in. And I came down. I didn't care who was looking at me. And I gave my heart, planted my knees into sawdust, and cried my eyes out. Got up. I had sawdust all over my hair. I had sawdust on my face because tears were sticking to it. But all I know is I had the weight of the world when I came in. And I can tell you this, the weight of the world was off of me because I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart. And I always say, man, I felt what we call Holy Ghost doodads. Anybody know what Holy Ghost doodads is? Like coming out of a worship service like we just had, and you can feel the presence of God so strong. Now, I'm going to say Holy Ghost doodads to you, and some of you may, some of you may not know what that means, but I'm not going to go to the person at the weight who's serving me and say, I had Holy Ghost doodad experience. She's going to look at me cross-eyed and say, what are you talking about? If you just hang on a little bit, we'll break snakes out too. No, I'm joking. We don't hang touching no snake. What, am I, what are you saying about it? I'm saying be wise with your story. Know the context of your people. Know who you're talking to. And tell them, share things with them that's going to relate to them and connect with them. Jesus knew that these fishermen were professional fishermen. And he knows that you are a professional at connecting with people. And let God use you with the experience that Jesus Christ has had in your heart to connect with him. Can you, can you shout amen? All right. Thirdly. So when people... Weave the net, and thirdly, work the net. 
Peter and Andrew were casting their net. They didn't leave their net at the house. They didn't leave their net in the boat. They were actually casting the net. And in Luke chapter 5, I love this because Jesus is relating to these guys, and here's what they do. They've been fishing all night, and it was the first time that Jesus is, is reaching Peter. And what does he do? He says, Pete, he asks him the question, Peter, have you caught any fish? That's what he asked him. And he says, no, we've been fishing all night. He says, well, then go out and cast your net in a different spot. Now, why? And when he did that, when he followed what Jesus said, it was the greatest catch. Now, God didn't do that. Jesus didn't do that so that Peter would have the biggest fish story ever. So he could brag to his buddies about, man, you're not going to believe this experience. He didn't do it so 20 years later he could tell his grandkids and say, you won't believe what happened. God came out, Jesus came out, told me to cast my net, and we had so much fish, it sank the boats, we had to get people to help us. That was a big fish story. Jesus did not do all of that so that he could have a big fish story. And I'm going to tell you this, Jesus didn't do everything in your life so that you could have a story to share with yourself or to even share with your family only. Jesus did this so he could show Peter that, you know what, Peter, if you're going to win people for me, it's going to take me and it's going to take an experience with me. You and I will not have the passion that we need if we don't have a fresh, renewed experience with God to know that I was once a sinner, but Jesus saved me. I was once a reject. People didn't want me, but Christ included me and brought me in, and now I'm included in his family. When that story is fresh, that experience is fresh, then our experience and our eyes for people will be fresh. Some of us who have been saved for a very long time, we need to remind ourselves that we were dirty fish in a sea somewhere lost and someone caught us and brought us to Jesus. Do I hear, come on, do I hear a big amen this morning? You can't just throw a hook in the water unless you're snagging like we were and expect to catch fish. You have to have bait. And you just can't throw it anywhere. You need to throw it where people are at. Now listen, I need to hear your story. You need to share your story in groups with other people, other fish who have been caught. It encourages us to hear that God is moving in your life. How many of you have had a, a great week this week that God has moved for you already? All right, I need to hear that. That's great, it encourages me. But if you're expecting, listen to me, for us to win fish who are still lost and all we're doing is casting that within these four walls or in groups, we're not doing what God wants us to do. We've got to get outside these four walls and meet people to win them to Jesus. We need to cast our net, do what Jesus said. Peter, you've been fishing in the wrong hole, been fishing in the wrong spot. Cast your net on the other side. Will you say that with me? Cast your net on the other side. You gotta, you, where you cast your net matters. Connect with someone who's going through an experience that you came out of and God spoke to you. Sharing your story is important within the church, but it's also important for the gift of the evangelist to be activated to share it outside this church. Churches don't reach new people because they're not casting their net where there are fish. And God has placed you in this city, in the cities and communities around us there are thousands of people who are either not connected to Jesus or they're not connected to his body, the church, and they need an experience with Christ. There are people right now in their homes, sitting at work, in grocery stores who are alone. They're confused. 
they're troubled, they're going through heartaches, they're going through issues of life, and they don't have any answers. But you and I have some answers because we've been there too. And so we need to cast our net to the people who need to hear their story, who need to hear that Jesus wants to reach them and bring them close to him. I've, there's a Pastor Bill Wilson, you, you may or may not have heard him, but years ago he gave his life to Christ and God did something incredible with Pastor Bill Wilson. He started a ministry in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, the city of Brooklyn, New York, and his main mission was to reach kids on the street who no one wanted. And it's because of his personal experience, his story, he was a kid that no one wanted. You can look him up. I, I pulled this actually from his website. It's part of his bio. And Pastor Bill Wilson today has hundreds of bus routes into the, into the city of New York, and he buses children's, children and has been doing it for the last 40-plus years and has thousands of kids showing up on a Sunday morning and throughout the week where he is ministering to them through the message of Christ. I want you to hear his story because when we say win one to win a 1,000, we're saying the one person that you win to Jesus, more than likely you don't know that they're going to have an impact of the thousands that they will be able to reach because you reach that one. Do you remember the story before I tell Bill Wilson? Do you remember, remember D.L. Moody? In church history, D.L. Moody was a powerful man who gave his life to Christ. And when he gave his life to Christ, it was one Sunday school teacher who reached D.L. Moody as a kid on the street. D.L. Moody gave his life to Christ and God put it in his heart. D.L. Moody prayed this prayer for years. He said, Lord, I gave my life to you and I want to commit my life to reaching. And my goal is to reach a million people for you. That was Dale Moody's, and I can tell you this, he was able to keep track of the, of the people that he reached. One person reached D.L. Moody, and D.L. Moody reached thousands. You're gonna reach one person this year, this summer, and you don't know the impact that you're gonna be able to have of the thousands, hundreds, and thousands of people that will be able to reach through that one person that you reach. Bill Wilson, same way. Here's his story abandoned on a street corner by his mother at the age of 12. Bill sat and waited on her at the corner and he waited for three days because she says, Bill, I'll come right back. He waited there for three days. She never returned. A Christian man who was on his way to see his son at the hospital stopped and asked him if he was okay and anybody could have stopped, but thankfully it was a Christian man who did. And after getting him some food, this man then paid for Bill to attend a Sunday school camp, just like the camp that Devin just shared about where we're sending our, our young teens to. And he sent him, Bill to this camp, never heard, catch this, at the age of 12, he never heard the message of the gospel before. And that summer camp where Bill first heard about Jesus, nobody would pray for him at the altar because of how badly he looked and smelled. So all alone, he attempted his own prayer to God saying, Lord, my mother doesn't want me. These Christians don't want me. But God, if you want me, here I am. And that was the start of his own personal relationship and testimony. And from that point forward, he launched a great church that has reached thousands upon thousands of kids because one Christian man stopped to help a boy at the age of 12 and to follow it through to make sure he became a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. 
You don't know the people that you're sharing the story with of how God will use them to impact others. But you've got to, come on, we got to get our net out of the shed. Get it off the back porch. Get it out. Freshen it up. Weave that net and start casting the net and sharing Jesus with people around us. Can you give God a shout of praise this morning? It was Jesus that said to us, it's another commandment, go into all the world and preach good news to them. It's not good enough for us to get our thrills on Sunday morning. And man, I'm telling you, the worship has been amazing these last few Sundays. I felt God and God has spoke to me in amazing ways through the worship this morning. But that's not good enough for me to be so selfish that I get what I need but throughout the week, I can't cast my net to help other people who need that same experience with Jesus. So Jesus says, go into all the world. The problem is we get excited about going to Mexico or Africa or to a foreign country, but we're not willing to go in our own backyard and share Christ, come on, with our neighbors. Am I preaching to you? I'm not preaching at you. Come on, I'm preaching with you. Motivate me, God. That's what I say. Pray, God, today, motivate me. Let me get my net out. Show me someone who needs you. Lead me to them. New Springs win one to win a thousand. I borrowed this theme from Amber's youth pastor, uh, Franklin Hicks. He was here on a first Wednesday. He prayed. I asked him, he was visiting. I said, hey, Franklin, will you pray over evangelism over us? And here's why. Because Franklin Hicks gave his life to Christ because the church was not willing to only settle for what was happening within the four walls. The church was committed to going to the streets of Middletown and they found Franklin who was on the streets of the Middletown. Similar story with you, Kevin. And that church was able to share Jesus with Franklin and he gave his life to Christ. One person reached Franklin and Franklin has been able to minister to hundreds and thousands of other teens as he gave his life to Jesus Christ. So I'm telling you from June, July, August, and September, when God laid it on my heart months ago and says, Shannon, I want to I increase the gift of the evangelist within New Spring. And I said, okay, God, how do we do that? And I started making some connections, and I met through Amber. I met Franklin Hicks, and she, God shared his story. And he says, we used to do this as a church. It was this campaign or this outreach, win one to win a thousand, that motivated us and gave the church the platform and the tools and the resources to get outside the four walls. And we, seen, we have seen a lot of people come to Christ because of that. You know what I pray this morning? This is not something that's man-made. We just read in Ephesians chapter 4 that it is a gift that Jesus Christ himself has placed within this church. And we may have been highlighting this gift or this gift, and all those are great, but now it may be time for us to highlight this gift and bring it to the surface and let us be activated by the power of the Holy Spirit to win people for Jesus Christ. Who's excited about that? Amen. You'll, hear, you'll read some emails. We'll be sending out some emails, and there'll be some things where you can uh, partner and just come together. We're the, we're the net with holes, but we're tied together, guys. And we're going to be, become powerful in the hands of God together. You say, Pastor, this is not me. I just not, I'm not a people person. I don't, I know. Listen, but listen, we need people behind the scenes to help us. There's some organization that needs to take place. There's some running back and forth that needs to take place. There's some things that you can do. But all of these gifts come together in the unit. You say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to check out. And then when you focus on that, 
that prophet part, then I'll show up for church. That's not the way it works. The prophet, the pastor, the teacher shows up all together and God uses us beautifully because we're a, whole, a net with holes, but we're all unitedly tied together and God can use us together. Can I hear a big amen this morning? I want you to see what Christ said in Proverbs. Here's what the Bible tells us in Proverbs 11, verse 30. He who wins souls is wise. Do we need anything more than that? That the wisdom of God is on us because we're winning souls. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness are like the stars forever and ever. Again, I said the first commandment that we read in Mark chapter 1 was Jesus said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. There's another commandment that he's, as Jesus is leaving the earth in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, if you want to know what Jesus said and we'll do what he says, then here's what he says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then you will be witnesses of me in your own city and not only to your own city but your county and also your region and also the United States and then also the world. I'll send you everywhere because you're a follower of me and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses. God makes it always to as he makes it personal. In John chapter 21 verses 1 through 7 and I'm not going to read this this morning but i like for the worship team to come back to the, to the stage today and I want you to hear this. Because if God doesn't make it personal to us, we will never have the passion that we need to reach others. It was John chapter 21 when Jesus had died, was buried. The disciples thought the job was over. So what did they do? Peter said, well, I'm going to go fishing again because that's what I know to do. But Jesus, after he's resurrected, he does exactly and almost verbatim from when the time that he called Peter, he shows up on the bank. You know the first words he said, you know what Jesus said when he called Peter? Three and a half years before that? He says, hey Peter, have you caught any fish? He said, no. Then cast your net on the other side. Jesus now, three and a half years later, he's died, he's resurrected, shows up on the edge of the shore. He sees his, not four disciples, but now there's six disciples fishing. The first thing he says, he says, hey guys, have you caught any fish? And John recognized it. Something within him recognized that this is Jesus. And he says, hey, it's Christ. You know what Peter does? Peter reminds himself so much that God wants to make this personal. That he was once a fish caught by Jesus. So what does he do? The Bible says that Peter stands up in the boat and jumps back into the water and swims to the shore passionately to meet Jesus. I wonder this morning, I wonder this morning if God is not calling us back to a place where we remember ourselves as a lost fish so that he can remind us that there are people who are lost that need you to hear your story. God does the same thing with almost every apostle, every prophet, every disciple he does the same thing. He did it for the man who was blind. In John chapter 9. He had no argument. 
He had no thesis. He couldn't tell them what had happened. All they knew is that this blind man was blind from birth. In fact, this man was rejected by the church because it was the religious leaders that said, hey, you must have sin in your life or you would have never been born blind. So we don't want your kind here. When Jesus heard that this man had been rejected by the church, Jesus pursued him and said, that's the kind of guy I want, the ones that have been rejected. And Jesus looked to the blind man and says, you're healed. Religious leaders came back to him and says, come on, what's happened to you? He says, I don't know. I don't have the intellect. I don't even have the theology to tell you guys what had happened. All I know, I was once blind. This man laid hands on me, and now I can see again. You may have been rejected by the church. You may have been rejected by religion, but can I tell you, Jesus is passionately coming for you because they're not only he wants to save you, he wants to save the people around you who are going through a similar hurt in their life as well. The Apostle Paul, if you look at it, he stood before kings, intelligent men. The Apostle Paul went through school, was taught by some incredible intelligent people. But you know what all Paul could do when he stood before kings? He didn't break his thesis out. He didn't break his textbook out. All he said to them was, look guys, here's what I'm telling you. God's looking for you and he'll chase you down and he'll find you and he won't reject you. He'll receive you and pull you in because I was once that way. I was on the road to Damascus blind and I couldn't see. I didn't know my way, but Jesus Christ himself came, shined a bright light in my life and my life has never been the same. Do I have a witness in this place this morning that remembers that we too were lost fish and God is casting us out to a world to say there are others that need to know him as well. Will you stand with me this morning? I don't know who the one you're going to reach, but this morning you were given a piece of paper. And here's what I would like for us to do for the next four or five months. And he may do it right now as they sing this chorus. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you because there may be someone that God is going to drop a name, maybe a family member who is lost. They're a lost fish. And God is sending you out as a fisher of people to cast your net. I don't know how God is going to use you specifically, but he's going to prompt you. So I want you to write the name down. Maybe there's a place, a restaurant that you go to frequently and a server keeps serving you and you formed a connection or maybe a checkout line. You don't know their name, but you know their face. You know where they're at. Will you write it down? Who is that? A coworker. I want you to write it down on a piece of paper and we're going to pray over it in just a moment. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. We appreciate you tuning in. I hope you subscribe so you can join us back here next week. If you're interested in connecting with us at New Spring Church, text CONNECTNC to 94000. Hey, we're praying for you and we pray God's blessing upon you.